Hello and welcome. It is Wednesday, almost said Monday, we're late this week. Uh, Wednesday, February 22nd. It's time for Slow Your Roll. We got to, I mean, football's over. We're still going to talk a little football. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have kind of like the the roundup. We're going to give our own awards away. The NFL awards don't mean anything. It's what about we say on this show. Uh, that's what really matters. But yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of what could happen this offseason with a, you know, a big name or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to you know, talk a little baseball. You know, spring training, it's officially begun. Yep, pitchers and catchers today. Yep, also, you know, NBA. Mm. It's, it's You know, things are going to slow down, slowly roll, mm. you know, without football. So a little more hockey, a little more basketball you're going to hear about. We mm. haven't talked like any basketball at all this year. So no. yeah. we got to catch up. Yeah. Because we don't know what happened. But listen, the regular season in the NBA means nothing. No, because they don't even play it. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> uh, we're just simming through the season, basically. Basically. That's what it feels like. I mean, that's what the players do, so why should we do anything else? Yeah, we're playing 2K at this point in the NBA. But uh, that is, uh, you know, kind of a little rundown we're going to get to here today. Actually, I'm Jesse Caulfield, writer for the Arc Report. Never introduced ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's my name. That's Dominic Lorenzano over there, local broadcaster, mm-hmm. Beverly native. Uh, and, yeah, with that, I'll let him uh, take it away. All right. So, football might be over, right? But we already have started on the draft talk. And there's a lot of talk out there right now that the Bears have the number one pick. Should they trade Justin Fields and just draft Bryce Young? Now, you could get a decent amount for Fields. And I understand wanting to start over with a new quarterback contract, not paying a guy for a whole new slate of years. But I called this franchise at the start of the season the most incompetent front office. Not the most dysfunctional, but the most incompetent. And I think once again, this would be an incompetent move by the Chicago Bears, though I understand it. So, we feel the New England Patriots game was when Fields popped last year, right? So, New England game on, and the games that Fields played, the Bears averaged 23 points per game. That's about NFL average. Um, The Bears D allowed 33 points per game after that, and allowed 27 on the season, worse than the NFL. Is that Justin Fields' fault? Sounds like (laughs) it. Apparently it is. Um, I understand that Justin Fields is not as great a thrower of the football as you would like out of a quarterback, but it's about scoring points, and 23 points is just fine. He runs the ball. He's very explosive. You can teach him all the other stuff. And here's the big thing. The Bears don't have a single good unit on this team. Nothing good about the defense. Nothing good about the offense. The O-line is average at best. The weapons are off, awful, and the defense from the D-line, linebacker, and secondary uh, positions are all atrocious. This team needs an entire rehaul. So what you could do is instead trade that first overall pick because everybody needs a quarterback at some point. You would get a haul of picks either this year or next year, and you go into the next season with some picks, rebuilding some of the roster, and if Fields doesn't take the step that you need, well, guess what? Your roster probably still isn't amazing, and your quarterback's not that good, so you're going to have a terrible record again, and Caleb Williams and Drake May are the quarterbacks available next draft, and these are like A-plus prospects, better than any of the prospects in this one. Here's the other thing. Bryce Young is six foot, 194 pounds. That is not even close to the ideal size for a quarterback. And you want to put him in that division, in the Chicago weather, with a defensive coach in that roster? That sounds like a recipe for disaster. If you pick Bryce Young, 
the Bears, all you're doing is the same thing you did with Justin Fields, the same thing the Jets have been doing for years, and the same things the Browns have done for years. You just draft a quarterback, have him play the very first year, and you're asking the kid basically to save the franchise. Give him nothing to work with. Go save the franchise, kid. Why do you want to keep doing the exact same thing over and over again? To me, it doesn't make any sense. You could trade the Bryce Young pick, let somebody else pick it, still have a first-round pick this year, bolster the roster, and if Fields doesn't take the necessary steps, then you address it next season. But to me, to move Fields, to draft Bryce Young, you're basically just doing the same thing over again, asking a kid to just go save the franchise. And he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Andrew Luck. He's not that great of a prospect. Not like A-plus like those guys are. I think it'd be a wrong decision for the Bears. Mm. <clears throat> I absolutely think it would be a wrong decision because, like, you know, we didn't like the coaching change they made mm-hmm. this past. We didn't like the pick they made, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, going forth a defensive choice uh, over an offensive choice with the young quarterback. But we liked, actually, the progress Fields made. Mm-hmm. And do you have hope for the Bears ever really, like, letting Fields— if, let's assume they keep him. Do you think he'll ever reach his full potential there? I don't know. But I don't right, think— if you, but, ha- if you had to bet, if you had to pick one. I would say no. Okay. But why do I think that they're going to be able to do the, th- the same thing with Bryce Young? Sure. And it, we've already seen at least progress out of fields. Why not at least try to build that up mm-hmm. instead of starting again yeah. where we don't have any hope? Mm-hmm. We've at least seen progress here. Yeah. You don't think they'll make it? or at least uh, Fields will make it on that team. I don't really think that either. But I really don't think a brand new SOB will fare any better, at least with the progress you've made. Yeah. Like, you know. And we've seen smaller quarterbacks now starting to get dinged up. Lamar Jackson, not at ideal size and runs way too much. Kyler Murray getting banged up. You're going to bring Bryce Young in, who's not big enough for the position, and give him that roster. After you killed a apparently very large man yes. in Justin Fields. Yeah. Um. Listen, I the Bears are one of those franchises I just don't give a damn about. Like this franchise, I actively root against. As a Patriots fan, I I root against the Colts, I root against the Giants, Jets, and Pittsburgh. I just do in my daily life. The Bears, I don't thought of them. I wasn't born. What was what did we lose? Eighty two or something in that yeah. Super Bowl. I wasn't around for that. I don't give a damn about that. The Bears shuffling crew in them. Um, in fact, I probably even feel bad for that franchise. You know, you're in Chicago. The most recent success you've had is that 2016 World Series. Yeah, you had some hockey success recently, but, like, come on. That's not, that's not much. So, but when I look at the Bears, like, I look at a dysfunctional franchise, I almost can't help but root against them because, like, man, is it entertaining. And every time I see the opportunity, even teams, I'm like, come on, like, fix yourself. I look at the Bears and they're like, oh, you're going to make a terrible decision that's really stupid and it will be really funny to me? Do it. Do it, idiots. I kind of hope for the Bears and want them to get better. I root for Justin Fields. But, like, if you're going to be that stupid, oh, then I have no sympathy for you to be that stupid. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Trade him. Trade him to somebody else. Trade him in division and then have him ruin you. Yeah. How about that one? Give him to the the Lions. I bet they'd love him. I And, like, uh, I think they're, they're... Jared Goff had a very good year. They're, they're, they're all in on Jared Goff, I think, for now at least. But, I mean, like I said. I mean, that was a joke. Maybe but I, I just... feel a little different if Bryce Young was the prototype A quarterback, six foot four, 230, 
and I felt confident that he could withstand some, you know. You know, it was like six foot four. Who? Justin Fields. Exactly. <laughs> Found out he was tall as hell this year. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, go look at Bryce Young. He is small. And you could have put him in Chicago with that weather in that windy division. You usually like big, strong quarterbacks for that in that terrible roster. Like, it's a recipe for disaster to me. You can get a haul of picks for either this year or next year. And you can start rebuilding this roster. Because, like I said, there's not a single good unit on this team. There isn't. Justin but, Fields is pretty good. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. He's okay. He's potentially Listen, good. Listen, again, you want him to be a better thrower of the football. You know what? That that backfield's pretty good. Yeah. They can't move anywhere because the line sucks, but that backfield is good on paper. <laughs> it, it is. But the weapons are pretty awful, and the defense was worse than the NFL last year. So, yeah. I mean, actually, to be honest, if you trade Justin Fields and don't draft a quarterback, I would be much less on your case. Well, yeah, but because then you'd be trading fields, getting picks, and then I'm assuming that you're still yes. trading the number one overall pick for more picks. Oh, I mean, maybe you could sure do that, but like, let's assume you just trade fields for picks and still draft someone first overall. Like, you just don't, you don't have to take a QB. No, you could just, you know, fix your whole. You do like maybe what the Jets should do: fix your whole team and then draft a QB. Yeah, like that works. Yeah, and works that, works then, better. Then your young QB will probably progress faster, more efficiently. And won't get hurt in the process. Exactly. And so I wouldn't be, actually, if the Bears trade him, I wouldn't be on their case. It depends on what they do after. Yeah, but I think, if, I think it's pretty obvious. If they trade Fields, they're taking a quarterback. Probably. <laughs> I don't see them being smart about it. I don't think so either. But, I, never, I never have any confidence that this franchise is going to make the right decision ever. But you have a QB. I think you should keep him. I, Personally. I, I do too. I also just don't like, you know, drafted last season. Like, you used a, you traded up for him, like... I almost uh, two seasons ago. Two seasons ago. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um yeah, two drafts ago, not last one. But um you know, if you do something like that, like I kind of feel like the 49ers are also stuck like you you use that pick, you should really you should really try to get value out of it. Mm-hmm. So, like if you're going to trade up and use a, a pick like that, like why are you giving up after two seasons? Yeah. Come on. Don't do that. I I I think it makes I mean again, I get I get being like, well, he's still not a great thrower of the football. We'd like him to be better at that. And now we're on a third year on the rookie deal. Let's just start all over and get a cheap quarterback for four or five. But I think his arm's fine. I, I, yeah, but he's not. You know, he's not polished. You know, touch on the ball. Oh, and, oh maybe you know what helps with that? Coaching, coaching. <laughs> but you brought a defensive coach in. You know what else helps with that? Better weapons. Definitely. You know what else with that? Time. That Time to throw the ball. That also does help, indeed. So, yeah, I, I, I get why this is being brought up, but I think it's a bad decision. I think trade that number one pick, get a bunch of picks. If you're still unhappy with Fields, you got Caleb Williams and Drake May next year, who are A-plus prospects, both of them. Draft one of them. Still. Yeah. Keep keep Fields, man. All right. for, the, for this year. For this year. Keep for, Fields. For this year, at least. All right. And with that, I think we can move on to rapid fire news. All right. Let's keep it with the football. XFL started. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch any of it. I haven't really either. I didn't, yeah. XFL started. If you want to keep watching football, XFL started. I think they should start later. I feel like people Not are a little... one week after. Yeah, I feel like people are a little footballed out. I, I could see that, yeah. I think you should wait like three weeks when people are like, there's not enough spring. sports. Spring. Yeah. Spring. When people are like, there's not enough sports now and I'm bored. Then yeah. you should start. Literally like the first week of spring or something. Mm-hmm. 
or just you know maybe first week of March, second week of March, or whatever. Yeah. All right, but all right. Daniel Jones. Uh, he reportedly came out and said that, or at least his agent did, that they're looking for forty million dollars plus. Um, good luck with that one. Uh, it seems they have a little dilemma brewing in uh, the Giants' front office. Mm-hmm. We called that like week four. Yeah, I know. Like maybe even earlier. Table dilemma. Mm-hmm. But all right. NBA news. I was told the NBA All-Star Weekend was this weekend. Mm-hmm. And nobody watched. It apparently happened, though. But Celtics did something this weekend. So with the season being half over, they named Joe Mazzula. He's officially their head coach now. Mm. He's no longer the interim head coach. He's the head head coach. Ime Udoka is out and can spread his seed somewhere else now. So, all right, that's been basketball news. Hockey news. Uh, Connor McDavid, he's the first to reach 100 points this season. He did it in just 56 games. Good luck on your first-round exit. All right, trade deadline news for the hockey. So, a big, big move is made, big splash. Toronto Maple Leafs have traded uh, for Ryan o- the center Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues and a couple depth pieces. Uh, they gave up their 2023 first and third-round picks and a 2024 second-round pick. So they went, they're going after it. Uh, and to round up rapid fire news, since we were last here, the Bruins uh, went 4-0. What else is new? They smashed the Stars, Predators, Islanders, and Senators by a combined score of 17-5. to awesome. So that's what the Bruins have been up to. Uh, but speaking of that, we'll take it out of rapid fire news and into the Bruins news. So like I said, they've been smashing every team. That's all well and good. Nothing's changed there. But... What has changed is the trade deadline is March 2nd. Now, I said a couple weeks ago, do you want the Bruins to do something? It's kind of like, what? how much do you weigh this stuff? How much do you want to make a splash? Well, everyone around you is making massive splashes. Mm-hmm. I said the Islanders ones doesn't really matter that much, but they traded for Bo Horvat, um, you know, in hopes of at least making the playoffs. I know we did beat their ass the other day, but it was on a back-to-back, so take it with a grain of salt. Well, the Rangers traded for Vladimir Tarasenko, and now the Maple Leafs trading for Ryan O'Reilly. So everyone around you is making big splashes. Islanders, Rangers, and Maple Leafs. And you bet your ass that the Hurricanes and Lightning are probably going to make one in the next week as well. So you, the Bruins, who actually are only seven points ahead of the Hurricanes, as good as we are and have been this season and have won 43 games, they're only seven points behind you to this point in the season. And like I said... They're going to make a move. And they have your number. They are one of the teams that give you fits. So do you want to meet them in the playoffs? I certainly want to meet them at home. So as the Bruins, you kind of, every other team is like forcing your hand to do something. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know if I want to do something heavy. Now you might have to with Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Bo Bo Horvat already, already moving. So the big name right now, big name, big name for the Bruins, is Vladislav Gabrikov of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Defenseman, defensive defenseman. I I don't mind the player. He's depth, and I've said like I would like a depth defenseman. The problem is the talk is a first and a third for him. Way too much for depth because he's not going to play at first. Point is, the point of it would be the shred salary because Craig Smith would be in the deal. But I still don't want to give up a first because then it really limits you on a second deal. Shredding Craig Smith gives you money space to make a deal, but now you don't have the picks to make the deal. 
So it would probably be a low depth forward then, and then you just get a depth forward and a depth defenseman. I'd kind of rather just one move at this point. I'd rather just sell our soul for Jacob Chikrin. Um, how do you even afford that? I don't know. That's not my job to figure that out. Uh, the, the idea is this Gabrikov move will try to free Sally. But again, that first round pick, man, that really, I, I don't know where else you can go with that. Again, the money will then be somewhat available because Craig Smith is worth $3 million. Gabrikov is 2 so that's another million in free space, plus the money you have freed from Thomas Nochik being in on IR, and you know you can drag that out to the playoffs. Blah blah blah. We can cheat like the Leafs, uh, the uh, Lightning did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That that's all well and good. The problem is the big names are gone. You're strapped for cash, and this is who you're talking to. Again, I don't like that. Hurricanes are seven points behind you, and are I guarantee they're looking at every big name in the market. They have the cap space; they can do it. So if you can get Jacob Chikrin, like your defensive core is stacked at that point. You figured it'd be McAvoy and Chikrin on the first line. Uh, Lindholm and someone on the second line. You, you kind of hope it's Carlo, but, you know, Carlo might be the one you need to move to make a Chikrin trade. Uh, if not, it'd be uh, the other one, Grizzlick. And then you get Forbort and the other one on the, the third line. Mm-hmm. Connor Clifton, that's his name. So, but if the Hurricanes are first in their conference and the Bruins are first in their conference, well, division, yeah, division. Why are you so afraid that they're going to meet up in the playoffs? They, well, they're going to meet up in the playoffs that early. Wouldn't they be no, the no, two no, teams no. that would be there near the end? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. But would you? Yes, I mean that's probably the case, and I very much expect it to be the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals coming out of their division, even with the Tarasenko trade to the. Rangers. Also, is this the Kraken's first season or second season? Second season. Okay, you're right. It was the first season I said they were going to be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Hey, they're pretty good this year. Yeah, I see After that. After they just like swapped out everybody, traded yeah. like everyone away and got a whole bunch of new players. But, you know, I really am not that afraid of anyone in the Western Conference. I kind of hope they're the ones making, I was hoping they were the ones making all the big moves mm-hmm. at the trade deadline because they'll all just consume each other. You just got to be one in the finals, whatever. And I don't think any of them are that good. But the stacked teams are Toronto, Tampa, Hurricanes. Tampa's not old yet? No. And they're they're doing that NBA thing. Just make the playoffs. Who cares? We're going to win when we get there. Mm -hmm. That type of stuff. Now, I think you have their number, but they're going to make a deadline move, and that's that's kind of frightening. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the Rangers on paper are pretty stacked. They had a slow start of the season. The Tarasenko trade makes them worlds better. Uh, the Devils are really good this year. Everyone in the Eastern Conference who's going to make the playoffs is good and is gunning for you. The Western Conference freaking sucks. I don't care what they do. That's why I want them to make all the moves. But because Her- Carolina is on your tail, going to make a move, Toronto is, you know, they're the team right behind you in the standings in your division, but I don't think they're going to catch you. Either way, they're gunning for you and they made a big move. The Rangers are making a big move. Everyone says they're not done. They want Patrick Kane. Um, I don't want Patrick Kane on this team, by the way, if you're a Bruins fan. I don't want him. I'd rather the defenseman because the the forward for the most part is fine, especially with Jake DeBrus back. Three points in two games, two goals. I I really think that fixes your depth forward uh, situation. Obviously, you need them all to stay healthy, but you know your first two lines are pretty stacked. Your third line is doing well with Hall, Coyle, and uh, Frederick, who's bouncing between third and fourth line. But you got the depth. If you can f- solidify this defense. I I think you can steamroll for the most part these teams. Hurricanes will still give you fits. They got your number. They're going to give you fits. That's why, A, you need the home 
ice, because it's going to call it home field. The home ice, because if you're going to play the seven-game series against a team that has your number, I'd rather be home for four games. You saw that series last year. You want to be home for four games against the Hurricanes. I don't care about the President's Trophy. It's all nice and well and good, but your teams don't win. Mm. Home ice is huge getting to the Stanley Cup for this playoffs. So uh, I, I said a couple weeks ago, you know, Bruins fans, you got you to gotta weigh it. Do you make the, the big move? Everyone around you is already doing it, so you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Jacob Chickren, sell your soul. <laughs> All right, that's what the Bruins need to do. All right, makes sense. I get it. I mean, we're going to win. It looks like they're going to win the President's Trophy. Does that scare the ever-living out of you? Well, no, because we kind of, as I said, we you need it at this point. Because then if you're not getting it, the Hurricanes are getting it. And then you have to go to Carolina, assuming you meet them in the conference finals, which I think the conference finals is going through Boston, mm-hmm. Tampa, or yeah. Carolina, mm-hmm. depending on A, who wins the President's Trophy, and who wins the Tampa-Boston series when that happens. Because Toronto's losing in the first round. Okay. That's just happening. That's what they do. And that's what, you know, that's going to be the matchup, Toronto-Tampa, and we know how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Boston right now will get the Islanders, whatever. Uh, so that'd be Tampa and Boston in the second round, and whoever wins that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, could go to Hurric- could go to Carolina, unless you have the Presidents Trophy. I get you, which you need. I get you. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, I don't have much more to add before we do our break. Let's go to the NBA one real quick. So, you know, there was talk about in the next sort of sit down with the NBA and the NBA PA that they're going to have to do something about the epidemic of stars sitting out games in the regular season. I mean, it has gotten absolutely atrocious. I mean, uh, Felger and Maz were talking about it. I think it was like some of the 15 top players played in like less than played in like 60 or less games last uh, or on pace to do that this year. It's getting worse by the year. Kawhi Leonard started all this. And here's the thing with the NBA players. You're ruining your own ability to make money in your own league and your own product. Now, the NBA gets so much attention and so much like publicity from like ESPN. It's constantly thrown in my face. And for how much advertising is put on for the NBA and how much it's in my face, it should be making twice the money of baseball. But it doesn't because the players are so unlikable. And then also now with the sitting out thing, you can't get deals done. I mean, they were talking about, you know, Amazon Prime and Hulu, some of these streaming services wanted to do a deal with the NBA and they were going to do like a pro, uh, not a pro, whatever they call it, uh, like a per game fee, right? So you could every week buy certain matchups and certain games and that's how you do the streaming service. And now the talk is the sitting out games has gotten so bad that these streaming services are going to put their deal on hold with the NBA. So we've seen baseball be able to make deals with streaming oh, services. Sorry. I know I saw that. Um, we see baseball's having their own problems, but that's be, just because that own network is going dead. I assure you baseball games do just fine. And if anything, the MLB will be better for, uh, what is it called? Val, uh, oh, the world baseball Club? No, 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 no. The network that covers a bunch of teams. That's oh Valley over. Sports. Yeah, I think they'll be better for them going down anyway because now they can make new deals with other streaming services and like they're gonna want baseball games maybe. But these streaming services now, I mean, like <clears throat> almost every time there's a big matchup, you know, 
there's going to be two or three stars who are sitting. I mean, they, the Mavs traded for Kyrie Irving, and I think Luka and Kyrie have only actually been on the floor for like only half the time since they traded for Kyrie. Well, that that big three the Nets tried to make of Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, they played 16 games together. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> it's insane. And so you're making your own product worthless, and now any streaming service, like, what the hell? Why would I care? TNT lost out on a ton of money when they put, uh, I think it was the Bucks and... It was a recent big matchup. I forget who it was, but it was the Bucks and somebody else. And like Giannis was sitting already. Chris Middleton wasn't playing. I think they did get unlucky. Uh, no, I think it was Bucks Celtics and Tatum also wasn't playing. Now, in due fairness, Tatum plays way more games than any of the other stars. Jalen Brown's been out recently too with his broken face. I know, but at least that's an actual. You might have missed that game too. At least I think I know which one you're talking but about. But at least it's an actual injury. That one. Most of these guys are just like, I'm not going to play you every. Don't need a face. I, and the most of these guys are like, I just, you know, every third day, I don't want to. I just don't feel like showing up for work. <laughs> oh, they show up. They show up with their sunglasses and their nice jacket, and they're in street clothes. Yeah, all the, their colorful shoes that they just bought and wore for the first time. So, like, if you buy any type of game a week ahead of time, and you go to turn it on your television, and you're like, "Damn you, Hulu! I just paid X amount of money, and LeBron's not playing, or Giannis isn't playing, or Tatum." Brown, you know what? Giannis, and this Bucks Celtics matchup are all sitting. LeBron's played. He's the... starting to sit now after he got the Kareem record. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. He was but about a, the record. But, I, a, yeah, but at least LeBron is old, so I get it. Everybody else, like, you're not that old. And at least the Warriors, I can be like, listen, at least you guys win championships every year and you're getting deep in the playoffs every year. I get why you sit some of your people and you're on the older side. For the rest of the league and the rest of you, what, what are we doing? It's like, also like you can't do this. You're devaluing your own league. It's also by far the least physical. I mean, you know, baseball. Mm-hmm. But even that used to be more physical when you could actually take out the second baseman and the catchers. But like uh, pitching is extremely physical, though. Sure, because you're just whipping the ball around for, and I'm sure that tires you out. But even still, like also just wear and tear. Like I'm, I'm even gonna give like you know, base, basketball more. You, you're being more active at least because you're not standing around. If you're on the court. In theory, you should be moving mm-hmm. quite a bit, but like you're not, you're not taking hits. You're not getting tackled. You're not getting slammed against the boards or anything like that. You're not fighting anybody. You're not going 20 miles an hour for 200 straight feet. Um, I, you're just, I can't see you being all that tired. I just can't. Mm. I, you're all, you are also, like you're pro athletes. Your peak physical condition, mm-hmm. and you're playing a very non physical sport that's not very fast paced no one runs full speed you go down the court at two miles an hour always oh, score you pass it out everyone just trots down there waits for everyone to get on that side of the court mm-hmm. we stand around for a second we think of the play or we call out the play whatever people start moving for 30 seconds everyone is catching their breath you then have about 15 20 seconds of moderate action before another 30 seconds of everyone catching their breath mm-hmm I don't understand how anyone is tired. I don't get it. Like, where is the tired coming from? Where I need a break, coach. I need a break. Like, dead, too many jump shots last game. I don't know. I don't know either. I will say, I the NBA, the plan that they have in place, I think is sensational. It's just the players have so much power, I don't know if they'll be able to get it done. But what their solution is, 
is in order to get some of these awards, which by the way, in the NBA, because there's a salary cap and you know there's, there's like max money, super max money, all that kind of stuff. When you win awards, it makes you be able to make more money. So you're, it's a huge incentive to be able to win you know, defensive player of the year, MVP, offensive player of the year, all this kind of stuff. They have incentives like that in baseball and football contracts. Like, oh, if you're top 10 in MVP voting, you'll get like an extra yeah. $500,000. That's true. But that's negotiated just with your sure. team. This yes. is standard across the league. Um, mm, okay. Like you can't get a super max contract if you haven't won like an award. Or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, so their plan that's dumb. is. I think that's dumb. <laughs> I think it is too. But anyway, but it might be the saving grace that the NBA needs. Because now what the league is going to try and bring up is you can't be eligible for one of these wards unless you play in this threshold of games. Which I think is the best chance they have for solving this. Because then you're affecting people's money. Y- yes, but I also think for the most part, a lot of those guys were like, I don't care about the MVP. Does, did Giannis give a damn about that MVP? Oh, well, Giannis is a bad example because he's about winning. I think a lot of the guys actually care about individual awards more than winning. Some. Some. A lot. I don't know. I kind of feel like basketball players, I think, do care about more individual stuff than others. But yet I don't see them caring about the awards that much. They like the stats. Stuff like True. That. I want the rings for myself. I want the championships for myself. Stuff True. like that. True, but to have those individual accolades. Oh, I'm sure, like, even, like, those humble people, like, oh, it's not about this. I'm sure many of them turn around and be like, yes, (laughs) like, this is me, stuff like that. Um, It's just, I don't know. I don't don't see NBA players, you know, I don't pay that much attention to the NBA players, but I don't see them ever really talking about, like, man, I want those MVPs, I want those individual awards, what have you. I don't know. I just don't see it that often. Yeah. I'm sure they do. I mean, when it comes down to negotiate the contract, they do. Cause Even they Kevin get, Durant. Because then I get more money. With his You the Real MVP speech. Remember that? Yeah. You the Real MVP. He was crying. Yes. Back when people liked Kevin Durant. Back when he was somewhat likable. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do you think on this subject and the league's solution? I love it. Oh, the solution? I hate it. But I love the situation. You don't like the solution? No, because it might work. Oh. And anything to keep the NBA down. <laughs> anything to keep the NBA down. I love that they're doing this. I love that they're all pussies and they're all just care about themselves and all that stuff. And they're like, listen, their money's not going to actually be affected, at least short term. They're all still going to get their massive contracts. They already signed. They're still going to hand out all this money short term. Um, It's the next generation that will suffer. And they don't give a damn about those people. (laughs) They don't think about them. Mm. They don't even think they exist. They have no idea that there's another generation. There's younger people coming to replace them. They Mm. What? Uh, I know. Foreign concept to them. But like, I mean, LeBron thinks the NBA will end when he's done. <laughs> he's like, my son will play that one year, I will retire, and then that's the end of the NBA. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I, to me, it's just always funny when we talk about this kind of stuff. And when we talk about the NBA league in general, because like I said, for all the publicity, for how much it's shoved in your face, they should do a lot better than they do. That's part of the reason why it's not like, they don't, people don't want anything shoved in their face. Mm, Maybe. And, I mean, how many people have stopped watching ESPN? I used to watch it all the time. I have free. I have a free amount of time. ESPN mm-hmm. will be on. I don't care what time of year it was. It used to, uh, ESPN. But, like, then it just became just college football and basketball. 
And I'm like, I don't give a damn about either of those two things. I get it. They're hugely popular. And this is ESPN News. I expect them to talk about it. It was always there. Yeah, yeah but, but at least college football in the South is that popular. I'm saying the ESPN makes you think the NBA is more popular than it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but like... Well, that's the thing. Like, they only just talk about what they want to talk about. Like, yeah, no, I know. Like, college football is popular and it, it deserves this place in the sun. Like, you know, especially during college football season, I get Saturday is like, oh, it's, it's college football day on ESPN. I get that. <laughs> but, like, it's constant. It's the off season, NBA off season. Mm-hmm. Where's LeBron fishing today? What kind of car did he drive today? There he is at Pizza Hut. Like, you need to know that. Like, there could be, I remember 2011. Well, actually, it used to be like back in the early 2000s, if any team won a championship, college football, basketball, NHL, MLB, Super Bowl, that team, like ESPN, just that team for the entire day. The next day was just all about that team for 24 hours, basically. The season, the players, the playoff run, the coaches, the history, all about the team. doesn't matter. 2011, Bruins win the Stanley Cup. I turn on the TV the next day. was all about LeBron and the Heat. Mm. Who lost at that point? Lost to the Mavericks a week before. All they could talk about was LeBron James and the Heat, and I, that was it. That was that was when I was just like, I'm done with the ESPN. I don't give a damn. Mm. I don't watch it. I I have not sat down and watched ESPN News for more than t- ten minutes at a time since that day. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I don't watch it much either anymore. Because <laughs> it's just like, like, why do I care? Listen. There's some interesting things about the NBA. There's some very interesting, and say what you want about them, how terrible people they are and what, uh, how selfish they are, but they're very entertaining people. And yet, I cannot, I, they just, they make me want to avoid them at all costs. Yeah. Like Kyrie Irving is so entertaining. And yet, just how the NBA operates and how they all operate themselves, like I cannot stand to, to listen to them to watch them I love watching stupid people do stupid things and say stupid things like part of my that's part of all of the things I follow on Twitter is just because I get a lot of just like well look at this idiot uh, doing this stuff not sports related uh, but and yet I cannot stand them doing their stupid things I just can't mm, I get you but that is the solution I think the NBA has on their plate I think it's a good solution I think it might work but I mean, this situation is just getting worse and worse for the league. The sitting out games is ridiculous. I don't think I there mean, is a real solution. I mean, imagine fans, like, you spent all that money. I mean, there was a story about the kid who, I mean, his dad bought him tickets for one game. They drove 250 or 300 miles. I think I, I, think I saw that. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler was sitting. Yeah, no, I, I saw <laughs> that one. Well, at least Jimmy Butler was, like, I think he was injured. Like, he actually, like, like nicked something. So it was like a one game thing, but he also like he heard about that and like actually went and talked to the family, took pictures with the family. Yeah. So I'll give Jimmy Butler credit. There. I'll give Butler credit. And again, I, I mentioned Tatum on, and Tatum's at least better at it. But the problem is, is in general, when it's gotten this bad, like that Jimmy Butler story, I'm sure there's a million other stories like that. You're right. We shouldn't have to have all those feel good stories. Just play. Yeah. You want know, to make that family feel good? Watching you play. Yeah. Jimmy. Well, I mean, you have to spend how much money to get tickets now? Like. And, you know, how long did they drive with all that gas? That, too. But it's just the ticket prices are just so astronomical. And to think that every other day I'm just going to have to, like, I'm going to buy tickets for a game and there's a chance I'm not going to see a single star. Well, this is a slightly different conversation, but, like, sports are literally trying to be, like, they are shunning their fans across the board. They don't like the fact that their fans are not rich, um, (laughs) 
have personalities or loud. They don't like any of that. Mm-hmm. They want all sports teams nowadays. They want their crowds to look like baseball fans in the 1920s. Mm. Just a bunch of rich people in dress nice. That's it. That's all. The, they don't want rowdiness. They don't want any of that. Despite the fact that that gets them all their money and that gets them all the attention. They don't want any of that. They don't want to be associated with that. They think they're better than that. Mm. For some reason. I don't think baseball's gotten there. I think Rod Manfred is one of the huge. I mean, I think Manfred would love to, but like, listen. Around, oh, listen, actually, listen, around the country, it's pretty cheap still to go watch a baseball I'll game. say the baseball players are amongst like the culture, the counterculture to that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with like the Bryce Harpers saying like, let's. Let's have fun. Let players have fun. Let them let them scream. Let them bat flip. All that stuff. Um, you know, that's that counterculture. But still, like I, I don't feel the baseball executives feel that way. Uh, maybe not, but I, I just don't think they've been able to do the same price thing that the NBA and hockey and football have done. Yeah, they hate poor people. Yeah, they like really they hate do. poor people. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> but you know, around the league. It's pretty easy to go see a baseball game. Even as astronomical as Fenway is and how much we bitch about John Henry. You know what? There's still a way to get in there and only spend like 40 bucks. Yeah. You know what? That's, I will say that like there are teams, Red Sox, Yankees. um, I would not be surprised if Chicago Cubs were in on that. I'm sure the Dodgers are in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Cardinals give me that vibe, but like, you know, probably not. No. St. Louis doesn't have that kind of money. Um, of like they're the ones who are like you know like John Henry hates poor people, <laughs> holy hell! Like do the Red Sox hate poor people? Um, so like they're 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 really in on that. But like sure, there's some teams like I could see like the Reds. Um, you know what? The Marlins hate poor people too. Uh, the 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 Rays. You know, much poorer teams are mm-hmm. less like that. But there are some poor like the Marlins. Yeah, hate poor people. Absolutely hate poor people. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. <laughs> But yet, baseball has not been able to do the same things that football, uh, the NBA, and the NHL have done to the fan bases. Yeah. From as far as pricing and pricing people out. All right. With that, we're going to take a break. We're going to back into some NFL talk real quick. Aaron Rodgers, finally going to talk about him. And pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training in the WBC. Stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll, we have tried to avoid this topic as much as possible. I know we touched on it last week, though, finally, because we've said from the start we think it's going to be the same thing again. But we'll touch on it now because if Rodgers goes anywhere, Vegas and the Raiders makes the most sense to me. I mean, you moved off car, so you have to go big. You're not going to go with Jared Stidham. You don't have that high of a draft pick. So, like, you got to go big here, especially if Carr goes somewhere else and wins games. Like, you don't want to look stupid. And I don't know. Aaron's personality makes sense for Vegas and the Raiders. I feel like he's a bit, you know, his personality doesn't mesh with Green Bay. It'd be nice to go to a city that's over the top. Mm. Probably a lot more weirdos like him. Um, I, just a, he's a, a better he's, personality fit. He's uh, a Vegas fit. Yeah, I think he's a Raider. You know, he's... He's very out on his own. I don't know about you Raiders, know? but again, Vegas fit. 
Yeah, I don't know, but the Raiders have always had a very like uh, he's, he's a, a Raiders fan. counter counterculture uh, sort of vibe to him. You know, they're they're the outlaws, Al Davis, uh, and right. and you know what I mean. Uh, sure. Aaron's out there on his own on a loony land. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think the Raiders is told a, you where he was culturally week. an amazing fit. Uh, I still think he's not going to go anywhere, especially with how much of a salary cap hit it was. But it was 60-40 or maybe 65. I thought he was going to stay in Green Bay. I'll take it down to about 55-58% now. Ah. Because I do think <laughs> I I do think you know, like the Packers came out with it, you know, we're patiently awaiting or in, uh, did he say impatiently awaiting Rogers decision or something like that? Like, I think they're annoyed that all these other teams are able to at least start talking to other quarterbacks and planning things out. And once again, they have to pander and wait for Aaron Rodgers to come out of his darkness with re- retreat for a decision. You don't have to. You're <laughs> no, choosing to. You're choosing to. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, it, it, I don't know why, because it already said that Green Bay was making calls without even contacting Rodgers. So they could still try and move. But, yeah, I, I, I do think, once again, I'm I, you know, just a little notch. Again, Green Bay's getting fed up. The Raiders do make sense. Vegas has to do everything to get a quarterback because you burned your bridge with Derek Carr and Brady retired. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like... And you say like, oh, they're really choosing to go through this. It's like, it's like that parent in the supermarket, and the kids like just yelling and screaming, and you make eye contact with the parent, and then you have that look in their face to like, yeah, I didn't hit, I didn't discipline him enough five years ago, and now I'm stuck here, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But like, you can you can really at any moment, Green Bay decide that we're not we're not putting up with this anymore. Um, I assume he has no trade clauses in there, mm. but you could just be like, listen, bro, you're going to retire a, pa- a Packer or we will attempt to trade you regardless of what you say. And if you just deny them all, well, then you're not playing mm. and it's up to you. You know, you gotta, you gave him too much leverage with $50 million. You gave him way too much money. And, which uh, also throws a wrench in the, the trades because like there's only a certain amount of teams who can trade for him. Sure. And uh, I get the Raiders from, like, you need a quarterback and, like, you want to keep Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not playing for you if Carr's not here. But there's always a price, right? You know, he'll play for Aaron. So I, I agree you need to do something. I just don't know. If, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is the right guy. Sure, I could see him be like, Vegas. But I, I, I don't know if Josh McDaniels. Can a will be will rein him in and will want to put up with him. Mm. I don't. I don't think that'll work well. I don't think him and Josh. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's a fair point. Him and and Josh might want to kill each other by week six. Like I know Bill really liked Rodgers and wanted to bring him in, but like I like Josh dealing with Aaron Rodgers when Bill's there. Mm-hmm. I don't like Josh. It's all Josh on his own. He's the boss. I don't like that. I don't like that. And the other thing is, aren't Derek and Aaron friends? Derek Carr? And yeah. I think I, they I, I assume so. I assume like all these these famous quarterbacks. No, 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 no. But like actually friends. Like they do. They were friends kind of before. Well, 
They hang out. Devontae Adams and Kadera Carr were still very close yeah. when well, they, they made to, the— Well, they went to college. Well, yeah, but I'm saying once they—after they both made it to the NFL, they both stayed close. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron— mm-hmm. I don't know about close with Aaron, uh, Carr, but, it, you know, is you know knows him, knows him pretty well. I'm sure they play golf a couple of times a year. Oh, uh, you know, sure. So I, you know, I've never seen Derek Carr play golf. That's true. What does he do? I don't know. On his free time. I don't know. Besides his makeup. I don't know. With those. Is he married? No. I didn't think he is either. You're going to look it up? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, that could be one thing where I could see, like, because, you know, he might hear some horror stories from Carr and what it was like there in Vegas with Josh McDaniels. Maybe not. But he I, is. I just think that's the one that makes the most sense. The only other one I see for Aaron are the Titans, but I haven't heard a ton of buzz about that. So I don't really know. But the Raiders. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, listen, do you think Josh McDaniels was already having private meetings with Mark Davis over the season last year? I mean, he can't he can't afford to go six and eleven again. No. But And you're in a division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Sean Payton's coming into the division now, like, you know, Jimmy G might not be good enough. You might gotta go real big game hunting here. Hmm. I just, I don't know if, I mean, you know, the skill of Aaron Rodgers. No, I guess if they draft a quarterback, Josh can probably afford to go 6-11 on 11 again, I guess. Yeah. But apart from that. Sure. I don't I don't think they're going to draft. There's been no, like, rumors of them looking at any of these drafted quarterbacks. Like you said, that their pick isn't that great. Yeah. Um, like, all the rumors have been, like, who are they going to trade for? Yeah. Who are they going to sign? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I've heard Garoppolo's name. I, I assume all it these rumors are coming from somewhere within yeah. the organization saying, like, we're, we're looking mm-hmm. at an existing quarterback already. We're not looking for a, a draft a guy. And, of course, Garoppolo would make sense because him and Josh had worked together in New England. Yeah. So that you, would make a lot of sense. You think it could be a Vegas guy. Jimmy G? Jimmy G. Jimmy G can be anything. Jimmy, definitely not Mary G. Yeah. He could be a Vegas guy. Ew, totally. Derek Carr has a wife, though. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. See, that's why he's just. See, uh, actually, you know what? Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, also single. Jimmy G will be taking his players out in Vegas, and he's going to get all the girls and the attention for them. Like they're going to love Jimmy G within one week of being there. A married man ain't going to work in Vegas. <laughs> Derek Carr worked in uh, Oakland. Uh, yeah. Because like you can get married there. Mm. Like Vegas. No, Aaron I mean, Rodgers is single. I mean, I mean, you can get married in Vegas. But that's just funny. <laughs> that's just fun and games. That doesn't mean anything. That's not real. Yeah. Like, come on. They're probably, I guarantee, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I bet they're batting a thousand for divorces. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's very high. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Anyway, with that, we can move on. Take it away, Jesse. All right. Let's get us started. Baseball. It's that time of the year where the pitchers start to get sore shoulders and elbows. And we already got a couple. Yeah. DeGrom, uh, Texas is loving that already. <laughs> Obviously, you know, maybe there's probably, you know, just sore shoulders, haven't thrown in the offseason, stuff like that. You know, this is a lot to be expected. What sucks is, if you're a Red Sox fan, Nick Pavetta is one of them. Mm. And, like, that's the one man that you kind of thought was like, yeah, he'll be healthy. And now he's not. And, like, you know, Chris Sale's not going to be healthy. If Kluber's healthy, like, that sucks. Um, <laughs> Paxton's... Never healthy. Like, he's he's somewhere. Uh, Brian Bellow's another one. 
he had a he was complaining about elbow stuff, but he was he started throwing Monday, and I've heard nothing since. But still, it's elbow season, which is very exciting. Pitches and catches reporting, all this talk. As a Red Sox fan, it is I mean it's always exciting, but there's a lot of questions this year. You know, a lot of people are like who's going to be the leader in the locker room. I don't give a damn. They'll figure that out. Uh, it also doesn't really matter. Like people say, like it now that Xander Bogarts in here, it needs to be Rafi Devers. No, it doesn't. They'll pick their own, and it doesn't have to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. the The face of the franchise is usually a superstar, big big money guy. The leader in the locker room is whoever they pick. Who gives it? Who gives a damn what the fans think of that? Stuff like that. And the Red Sox. I mean, it seems to be Kike Hernandez. And I've said, I've said for a couple of years, like that is a tremendous locker room guy. That's a guy you I will pay just to be in the locker room with his banana suit. Like he's just that good of a locker room guy. He brings it together. He brought in Justin Turner. So, as a Red Sox fan, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about uh, the on the field when you have like Trevor Story, who's probably not going to play at all this year. We'll see if Devers can live up to that contract. His best friend's not here anymore. No more JD Martinez. Mm-hmm. Like. I, you know, every year there's a lot of questions. We've had a lot of questions for years about this team. But, like, the question now remains, how low can this team go? Not the heights of this team. How low can this team go? You have Kenley Jansen now who's going to close your games. I hate that. Oh, boy, do I hate that. Washed up old man. Literally signed him for name. Actually, there was actually, uh, 98.5 said this the other day. There are more 2018 World Series Dodgers players on this team than 2018 Red Sox players on this team. That's hilarious. Kike Hernandez, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, um, and there was one more, I think. There was one more. I don't remember. But, like, how many people do you have from the 2018 team? Chris Sale? Devers? That's it. No one else. Everyone is gone. And, oh, Verdugo. Verdugo was the other one. He was the Dodger. He was the former Dodger. Yes. Excuse me. Um, and I'm. This is when. I, listen, as a Red Sox fan, we should just enjoy this year. Let's enjoy other teams. Enjoy other teams. Yeah, like we're gonna have that draft pick. That doesn't matter. It's baseball. <laughs> um, you know. It, I mean, listen. Seriousness, seri- silliness aside, like it's that. It is that great time of year again. Pitches and practices are reporting. Um, there is just excitement in the air. Spring and summer around the corner. Yes, you know. Sure, that, that time of year where things the weather gets better, all that stuff. There's things to be excited for, even as a Red Sox fan. Mm. There's a lot of questions about this team. And no, I don't think the heights are very high, but, you know. I'll enjoy going to games in July when the tickets are a lot cheaper than they have been before. Yeah, but also this, <laughs> this is, these are the type of teams where you showcase the young players, where you just try things and see what sticks. And a lot of times you get some very nice surprises. You find a Mookie Betts. You find some Andrew Benatendis in your farm systems. Again, I don't find. I don't think we're going to find another generational player. <laughs> but like you find these diamonds in the rough that you didn't know you had. Mm. And that's that's what this year is going to be about. I mean, there's still some exciting things. You, you th- I know I made fun of Kluber, but the idea is he'll return to form at least a little bit. Uh, they brought in other players like um, uh, Mondesi. That's another like. It, could be exciting. There's 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 reasons to be excited for this team. Let's yeah. not let's not be all bad. Justin Turner still can play. Yes, it'll be entertaining for a little yeah. bit. But anyway, you want to move on to the World Baseball Classic? Well, now? I, I was going to say I am looking forward to the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> and if you're a Red Sox fan and you're depressed about how the season's going to be, watch the World Baseball Classic. It's actually really good. It starts March seventh. 
Yes, it's really good baseball. I'm actually looking at ticket prices right now. I want. I don't know. I'm debating about flying out to Phoenix or Miami and just for a few days. Uh, actually, my dad lives in Florida. He wants me to come down there. Uh, come on. <laughs> come on. Why? What are the Miami prices? We'll see. Oh, you just said. I mean, I you wonder. Didn't buy anything? I bet you. I bet you the Miami prices aren't out yet because if Cuba's in that game, I'm sure the price will go up. Well, I'm sure there'll be multiple games. You don't have to see the Cuba game. True. That's true. No, no, no. But Miami's Miami's one of the second or the semifinal rounds, I think. Oh, okay. okay. I, I think the first round is in oh, Phoenix. So, they, so they're waiting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first round is in... Let me see here. Do we always do this in America? Yeah. Is it always? No, it's not the whole thing. So Pool A is Chinese, Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. They play in Taiwan. Uh, pool B, Japan, Korea, Australia, China, Czech Republic, they play in Tokyo. Pool C, the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain, they're playing in Phoenix. Oh, you're right. No, Pool D does have Miami. So one of the first rounds is Miami. Puerto uh, Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. Israel. That yeah. is hilarious <laughs> that Cuba doesn't play in Miami, Florida. I'm sure they that's political. They sent them to Taiwan. Well, I'm sure that's political. Oh, well, you, Cuba demanded it. Yeah, probably. I'm surprised they let Chinese... Well, actually, no, it's Chinese Taipei. Yeah, Chinese Taipei. It's not China. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> they wouldn't let them in. No, they would not. Not at all. And then the quarterfinals are played in Japan and Miami, Florida. And the championship uh, is in Miami. Still, like, the championship was in L.A. last time. So you want to go down to Miami? Uh, oh, sure. Well, here's the thing. I always want to go to Florida, but, like... <laughs> You know, it's I timing hate, uh, and money and... No, I know, I know, I know. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to go see a World Baseball Classic game live. You should go the problem see is, it sometime. Like, we could get cheap, like, you know, just stay with my dad. The problem is he's not near Miami. Eh, whatever. He's Port St. Lucie, which so, is where so, the Mets play. So you spend money for one night at a hotel in Miami. You see two games, and on the second game, you drive back to where your uh, dad is. I mean, I'm I sure your dad, your, your dad wouldn't want to go. I probably, probably would, too. Yeah, I figured. So, Well, he's trying to get me to go to that because he lives like 10 minutes from the Mets, spring training, all that stuff. Oh, he's like, he Yo, really? you got to come see this stuff. I'm like, hmm. That's what he's been trying to get me to come down there to do. But like, if the World Baseball down there at the same time, mayhaps. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so what are, for the, for the MLB season, what are some of the th- teams or storylines you're looking forward to? Mm. Now we'll do this more in depth before the season starts. I know yeah. one right off the bat is the Twins, because they've made some moves. They brought they brought in Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. They kept Carlos Correa. We still feel that the Central is wide open. I know the Indians <clears throat> were really good last year. I don't know. There's a lot of things to like about the Indians. I'm sorry, the Guardians. Yeah. The Guardians. <laughs> There's a lot of things I like about the Guardians. Still, I, I still don't love their offense, and I feel like the Twins should be better. They just kind of got banged up last year at the wrong time. I think the Central's fascinating to me. Mm. Are the White Sox going to be able to rebound? Can they get healthy enough? Kopech and Eloy Jimenez, and can the guys stay healthy? I find it wildly interesting who's going to take that division. Mm. I'm actually very interested in the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the DeGrom one, if he plays, how how much will he play? That's a tough division, though. 10 to 15 starts we're hoping for if you're yeah. a Rangers fan. Yeah. But it's not just DeGrom. They brought in um, Yavaldi. Uh They tried to, like, uh, add to that depth there. 
you're right. I don't see them really challenging Houston for that division, but I, you know, it might be interesting to see that team in the mix again. Yeah. And you have players like Seager and um, Teoscar Hernandez. Like these are exciting players to watch. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope they're in the mix. Is that where Teoscar went? I thought that's where he went, right? The no, other, I think you are right. Then the other the, one, the yeah. other one I'm thinking of is the Padres out west and the Dodgers, because I do think the Dodgers. Oh well, uh, yeah, yeah, for the I mean, Dodgers, that's for the well, but but in other years past, I never thought it was any different. I don't think the Dodgers have done a ton to add to the roster. No, they've and they've gotten older, and Turner left. I, oh, excuse me, I it was wonder, Marcus Simeon. That was not to ask. Yeah, Mar- Marcus Simeon. That's what I was thinking of. Um, I wonder if LA is finally going to start to decline a little bit. Oh, they got to. Come on. I mean, I feel like it's been a decade now where they've just been perennial at the top. Well, how many people do they lose? You lost um, the shortstop, Trey, uh, Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost at least one pitcher, I thought. Um, I don't know who they lost. From. I have to go to the Dodgers and look at who's not there. I mean, they lost Justin Turner for yeah. what that means for them. I mean, he still played every day. Sure. Um. Uh, Oh, they brought in Noah Syndergaard. They did, but he's not. Yeah, that's he's a shell of what he was. Yeah. Um, what sucks is they don't tell you who they lost here. This is just who they still have. Mm. And yeah, they brought in JD Martinez and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. Like, how good is this pitching staff really now? With an old Clayton Kershaw, I mean, Walker Bueller should be good. Urias uh, should be good. He's got to come back from injury, but yes. Um, and here's the thing. The uh, talk is Urias doesn't want to be there. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because like they, he hasn't. Like that's the thing. Like they keep they very limited their starting pitchers, and he hates that. Mm. He's like, I I want to be a two hundred inning pitcher. I want to be paid like a two hundred inning pitcher, but I can't do that because you won't let me pitch. Yeah. Uh, Dustin May. They're gonna have to hope that he returns and he's back to full form after the injury. So yeah, they got they got some serious question marks in my opinion. So I I find that division then to be fascinating to see if the Padres can start to actually finally push the Dodgers if they can finally be pushed sure I mean listen you spend all that money that the Padres spent it's like that year where they made like a million trades and all those like you know they brought in like Will Myers and Matt Kemp or uh, a bunch of other ones James Shields yeah like even though like we kind of felt like come on you're not actually going to be that good it was exciting to watch them suck yeah. Because, like, just all these, this money was thrown around and all these big players were brought in. Like, I'm excited to, I'm excited to watch Xander Bogarts in a Padres uniform. <laughs> uh, you know, and then Machado, Tatis will be back at some point. Um, Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that pitching staff. You Darvish, six years. Woo! <laughs> uh, uh, I want to, I really want to know who the Dodgers lost, though. Players, I don't know what to Google for. <laughs> You're listening. Yeah, I love when Google just says what I just or types in what I said out loud mm-hmm. as I'm typing it in. Like you're listening, you know it. I know. Um, these are nobodies. Yeah, Trey Turner, we know that. Justin Turner, apparently you can't. Oh, Cody Bellinger, mm. but like, I'm sure they were happy about that one. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell, Tyler Anderson. Joey Gallo. Yeah, like, well, we'll see. I guess. I guess none of these are really. We'll see. I think it'll be close this year. I do. Between them and San Diego. I, I, as much as I've laughed at some of the things San Diego has done, I do think it'll be close this year. Between those two. Brother division. All right. 
With that, let's move on real quick to the Boston Celtics. Celtics and the Bruins, they both have the best record in their respective sports. Yeah. It's going to be so disappointing. Oh, come on. <laughs> Listen, one of them, right? <laughs> you would hope. Could you imagine? Like, let's assume, like, I usually NBA wraps up first, I think. Yeah. But, like, they're pretty, like, you know, one week after another. They both start and end at basically the same time. Let's assume, like, the Celtics win and Bruins are in the finals. Do you wait? Do you wait to have that parade? I would. Maybe. Have a giant parade with both teams. Ah. That's sexy as hell. That would be. That would be pretty awesome. But I don't think the, I don't think the franchises, they want their own. Uh, probably. <laughs> that, they definitely do. Um, I bet the, the Celtics would want their own, but I'm sure uh, the Jacobs family would want to save any dime they can. And they'd be like, please, please. The difference is the Bucks are only one game behind the Celtics. Celtics are 42 and 17. Milwaukee is 41 and 17. I don't know, man. I still feel like the Celtics have so many problems. They still turn the ball over too much. I still don't think they're wildly offensively gifted. And I know we beat the Bucks last year, but that was when they didn't have Chris Middleton. If they have the shooting of Middleton and then to go along with that god of a human being in Giannis, well, I don't know how confident I am about them in the playoffs. Well, I mean, the they'll get they'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They will get there. There's got to be a move to be made here, right? If you're the Celtics, trade deadline. Isn't the trade deadline over now? I thought it's still... No, I'm pretty sure the NBA trade deadline's over. No way. I think it is, man. Anyway. Stupid. I, I, you know what? You, you, and you know what's also hilarious about this conversation? Oh, yeah, it is. February 9th. <laughs> and this tells you how stupid and pointless the regular season is. Golden State is 29-29 and 29 in ninth in the West. And I guarantee you they will be either the first or second favorite in the <laughs> Vegas odds come playoff time to win the Western Conference. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> but you can be you just 500 in the playoffs <laughs> and we can all just be like, it doesn't matter. Well, home court does not. I'd much rather have home field in baseball and football and home ice and hockey than I would. It doesn't matter that much in the NBA. I don't think it does either. Like, sure, like you'd rather the home crowd and stuff like that. But like, it's just basketball. They're blaring music during middle of the game anyway. Yeah, it's always loud. So it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's just, you know, if it's one of the, if you know you're a good team, just get there. Who cares? Uh-huh. We know we can stomp most of the teams ahead of us. Um, you know, if, you kind of almost wanted the Celtics to maybe just pack it in. <laughs> Make sure Jalen Brown is healthy. Make sure J- Jason Tatum is healthy. Uh, those uh, Marcus Smart probably uh, Robert Williams that's the other one mm-hmm. just make sure these guys are healthy and make sure they're there mm-hmm. because how many like throughout the entire playoffs last year I think it was especially being the Bucks series yeah. where if Robert Williams played they won if he didn't play they lost mm-hmm. so that's that's just one of the guys I was like you know what just make sure you're healthy make sure you're there I want you there in the playoffs if everyone in the NBA is doing it just do it yeah who cares? Also, there's a difference between doing it when you're 42 and 17 than what these teams do when they just like the whole year been doing it. Yeah, there's a difference. I mean, there's a difference between hey, we went hard all regular season. We're in first place in the driver's seat. Now we're gonna start doing it. Yeah, and I I get it. Like if you just know you're better than these teams, mm-hmm. I don't care where I play them. Let's just make sure we're in the dance, mm-hmm. and then we'll show them what we got when we get there. Yeah. But like, why? Yeah, why waste your time? Why hurt yourself? You know, sucks for the fans. Those NBA fans out there sucks for you people. But. Again, but I mean, you you you're when you buy baseball tickets, you need to be aware of this too, right? 
if there's a getaway day, like the Sunday after the weekend series and you know the team's going to travel afterwards, you expect some people to sit. Sure. And if your team is in first place in their conference and we're getting closer to playoff time, you know, I don't feel quite as bad for you when you go to a game and some of the guys are sitting. Yeah. But even actually, you know, even that, like I said earlier in the show, you know, baseball is even less physically demanding than basketball. I might even take that back in the same show. Baseball is outside. Baseball is in the hot summer sun. Uh, baseball, you have long pants on. Mm-hmm. You have shorts on and a tank top in basketball. That helps. That really helps. That really helps in an AC arena. Um, and you play 162 games and you have four days off in a month. Mm. Sometimes five, six, maybe a week at most in a month. Like you're playing every day. You can play for sometimes 14 days straight. Like days off. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense. Yes, indeed. Indeed. All right. With that, I think we're going to take our last break. We're going to do our last segment, our Tommy, and then we're going to hand out our awards for the NFL season now that the NFL is wrapped up. Stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll, getting ready to finish things up. Our final couple of segments, we're going to go back to some football talk, and we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they just hired, wow, I just drew a blank. Is his first name John? I know his last name is Gannon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't actually remember. And don't ask me about names. They hired him fresh off, they hired John Gannon fresh off his, I mean, just outstanding performance. Uh, in the Super Bowl, they did, they did an, uh, just an amazing job with Andy Reid in that Chiefs offense. Uh, I mean, truly amazing. <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds you of when the Lions hired Matt Patricia a little bit, fresh off the heels of New England getting shredded in the Super Bowl. Now, I know it's unfair. Gannon was good most of the year, despite the garbage the Eagles had faced. We'll talk about that later. I don't know how this is going to go. I also think that maybe John Ginn was hired because this is a bad job. I mean, is there a more hopeless franchise heading into next year than the Arizona Cardinals? You're locked in at quarterback with Kyler Murray, and you are paying. I mean, the contract hasn't even started yet, I don't think. I think he has one more year on whatever deal he had before, then his new contract starts. He's one of the biggest cap hits in the league. And he's hurt. Actually, I think it starts this year. It does start this year? This so it's, coming year. So this is the first year of the contract. He's going to be hurt for a good portion of the year before he even plays. He was terrible last season. Your team was awful, and you're you're tearing it down to the studs now. And like I said, you're stuck paying Kyler for a long time. Now, maybe Kyler turns it around, but, I mean, right now, when you have the Rams in division still, who Stafford will come back healthy, um, you have the Niners who aren't paying a quarterback, so they'll keep that stack roster together. And the Seahawks, who hit on like seven or eight draft picks, so their team was decent last year, and it's cheap, and they'll be together for a while. I don't know. I don't know if there's more hopeless situation 
for any NFL franchise right now than the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, if you can think of one, please tell me. But right now, I think the Cardinals are the most hopeless franchise in the NFL heading into next year. You know, depending on what the Bears do this offseason, maybe them. Mm. Texans are pretty down bad right now. That's true. But, you know, at least I'll say about the Texans and I guess about the Bears. They at least think they can make moves. They also have cap space. and Yeah, like there's, you know, it's bad for the Texans. They have no identity and no one to build around. But at least like, you know, there's always somewhere to go in a situation like that. You have your guy. You paid him. You drafted him, and you're now paying him. You're you're a little stuck with him in Kyler Murray. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. We don't like building around him, uh, not only because of his attitude, but his uh, size and uh, ability to stay healthy. So I don't know if I'd necessarily say they are the most helpless, but they are certainly in a precarious spot and are very stuck in it mm-hmm. uh, with the Kyler Murray situation. You know, maybe if you move Hopkins, that'll at least – send it in a direction. We're going to get some picks. We know what we're going to do with these picks, that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know the GM's name. I can't remember the GM they hired, mm-hmm. formerly of the New England uh, Patriots. Patriots front office. He came in and actually gave me a little hope. said, we're not, no no bull, none of this funny business. But then you just hire this, this goofball, this weirdo. But maybe he hired him knowing like, hey, this is a lost season. Oh, maybe. I mean, that's be. a thing. Sure, I could say I could see that. Maybe. I wonder. I do wonder if they hired Gannon to fire him. Perhaps. That that is it is an odd hire. With I don't know. He's just he doesn't strike me as head coach personality. He does not. Um, you know, and leader of man, inspirer of people. Don't see that. Mm-hmm. Don't really see that. Don't know him that well. So, I don't know if I necessarily they're in the worst position. But they are certainly in a precarious position and handcuffed for the very I mean, again, near future. I, with I'm the, not saying they're going to be the worst team in the NFL, but I think they're the most hopeless. Because Texans, will, they don't, Texans will draft a quarterback and have a ton of cap space, right? Well, yeah, so you, and you your think division, they're, and let's be honest, their division's not great. You think they're in the worst spot because they're handcuffed with Kyler, yeah, and that contract, and sure, yeah, yeah. No, I buy all that. Okay. I don't know if they're the worst. It's hard to say that. Again, but I, like, I, get, I don't think they'll be the worst team in the NFL. I just think their situation is the most hopeless. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, it's hard to say definitively, but I see where you're coming from. Okay. Because, like, yeah, I want nothing to do with a Kyler Murray. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Uh, I've heard, like, they had a lot of trouble finding a coach because of that. Yeah. Because, like, no one wants to work with them. Exactly. And that's just a massive problem. All right. With that, we're getting ready to wrap things up. Jesse, take it away with our Tommy report real quick. Okay. Let's put on our tinfoil hats for a second. Mm-hmm. So, Tom retired. Do we think that's sudden? No. Yes, I yes and no. No, because like, you know, he's forty five. He said he's forty five. His wife just left him. I'm sorry he's sad. Um but let's actually put it on Tinfoil hats for that. Why did his wife leave him? Mm. For play football? Maybe. Some people are petty. But there's a lot going on in Tom Brady's life. You know, other than the divorce. Because I'm sure that puts a financial strain on you. But like he was heavily involved in the FFT scandal. Mm-hmm. He knew Sam Bankman Fried personally. They made an awkward video together. I watched it and laughed at it. Um, he was a big investor in that. And I've heard many an athlete and celebrity lost a lot of money on that. Yeah. I bet he did too. Actually, I heard him and Giselle lost a boatloads of cash um, on that. But I saw this article the other day about this lawyer who was accused of 
stealing $10 million from her firm. And who does there a picture of her with? Who? Tom Brady. Oh, at the match when they did like the, the golf match uh, mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago. He just can't help but be around a whole bunch of people who lose money. And, uh, you know, there's reasons, I guess, you could say, like, Tom's got to be financially smart, right? He's very rich. He married a very rich woman who made him even richer. He has a production company, all this other stuff. But, like, I don't know. Who's to say he didn't retire because he's desperately trying to get out of everyone's vision, out of the limelight, out of any media coverage whatsoever because he knows in the near future... Oh, he's got some, maybe not direct lawsuits, but he's going to be involved in some court proceedings, some other stuff, maybe lose some money. That doesn't look good. No. Wouldn't be surprised if that's why he actually decided to retire now and maybe not drag it out for one more year. Also would explain why he's like, Fox, I'll call you in a year and a half. Again, tinfoil hat, don't have a lot of evidence other than the fact that he hangs around with people who suck with money (laughs) and steal money and uh, launder money and stuff like that. You know, he can be a victim too, but it, it, they just keep showing up. They're just all around Tom, and it's getting really weird. Getting really weird. Uh, all this coming out of his when his final season retiring, all this stuff. Wife's just leaving him. I wish really you, weird. I wish you got that on video because I'd send it to Matt Reardon. He's a very popular teacher here. He was also friends with my family and stuff. He's just he hates Tom. Oh, does he? Yeah. I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying Tom. I, I know you don't hate Tom, but listen, he, would, he would get a kick out of what you just. said. I think Tom is the victim of the FXT stuff. Yeah, uh, I just think he just cannot get out of his own way. Hanging out with these uh, sadistic financial people, mm. if you want to call them that, you know, maybe he's just too nice. He's the victim. He's too easily convinced. You know, maybe he's in on it. But I just think he just hung out with the wrong people, and now he might be in some trouble. Maybe he could be. All right. And if you want to get conspiratorial and we're running out of ideas for the Tom report, <laughs> that this is it. We might have to come up with something else because if he really goes dark, we're screwed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a plan to end this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, we can even bring it back every once in a while if he does, like, no, I know. get subpoenaed or, um, what's the, indicted. Indicted. If anything like that happens. No. Oh, we'll tell you. No, it wouldn't be indicted. Because indicted, I think, is you're being charged with something. Yes. Subpoenaed is you need to well, yeah, go I mean, to court because you're, because well, you have evidence. Yes. But listen, if he's close enough, then the indictment could happen just be like well you gave him money like that's illegal you can't do that uh, stuff like that again I would say the subpoena would happen more than the indictment but if any of that occurs the Tommy report will have it yeah that's true alright with that the NFL season is over I mean obviously it was over last week too but that's Super Bowl talk right that's, that's what we talked about now we can put the whole season in perspective as you get your thing ready we do our awards let's Let's also let's oh do, yeah, yeah yeah let's also do a little bit of gloating for a sec. I want to do some gloating. So we told you to take the Jags week three. That was at plus four fifty, I believe, at the time. So you would have won on that. We told you to bet big on the Vikings for over their win total and Vegas and to win their conference, uh, their division. They hit on that. Um, there was another for winning a, a division. I thought we hit on Philadelphia. We told you early in the season. Oh, okay. Before the season started. It might even have been not even... We might have said it twice. I think we said it a couple of weeks before the NFL preview special and on the NFL preview special. Bet on the Eagles to win their division. So I said Cincy. I said Cincy. Yeah, but I don't know if you told me the actual bet on it. I don't tell people that. I know. I'm talking about the ones we literally told people, go put your money on it. 
You tell people that. Exactly. <laughs> over-unders, you hit on the Steelers. We hit the under on the Pats. We hit the under on the Bears. I said we over. We hit the over on the Vikings. I said over for Patriots. The only one... I know, but you didn't say bet on it. I did. Sure. I, again, <laughs> I have not told people to bet on anything. <laughs> That's why I said I'm doing some voting. <laughs> um, the only one we missed on, which you, you told me not to do, was Cincinnati. We told you the, the Vegas had it right, but Vegas had it too low. It was over. So that's the only one. Uh, I, I believe that's the only one that we missed on. So you'd be uh, flying pretty high right now if you listened to Slow Your Roll and made the bets that we told you to make, especially for your futures pick. I'm trying to think. Is there any other ones? I don't know. The NFC particularly was surprising. Yes. We were very wrong about Denver, but so was everybody. But we didn't tell you to put money on that one. And, and, uh, and, and, and everyone said it. That too. But we're talking about the ones we literally said, hey, these are the odds. Go put money down on it. Vikings hit huge. Jags hit huge. Steelers went over. Huge. <laughs> huge. Do the Donald Trump thing. Just yeah. Huge. huge. It hit. Huge. Huge. I mean, we told you. I'm trying to do like, what do the other stuff Trump say when he's talk- talked? China. China. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> oh, I, I just. I, I'm sure there's other sort of ways that he said, you know, when they're right about something. Or the wall. The wall. <laughs> I mean, we told you. We told you. You heard it here at Slow Your Roll first. Jags, Vikings, Steelers over, Bears under, Pats under. Uh, you could have made some money this year if you listened to us. I said the Raiders would be bad. True. Didn't tell you to bet on it. But I said the Raiders would be bad. True, true, true. All right. With that, let's get to our awards for the season. Jesse, I'm going to let you start with the first one. The awards. Yes. I can't stop now. I assume you want to, you know, record this. Yes. I can't find the camera. <laughs> Sorry. There we go. Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look great. So first award for breakout player of the year I am giving to Jalen Hurts. Now, as a quarterback, they get a lot of publicity. They get, you know, a lot of times maybe even unnecessarily simply because of their position expectations. But this is a man who said we can't, or we amongst many others, said can't throw the ball, will never lead a team anywhere. Mm-hmm. He was just in the MVP conversation and made the Super Bowl. And now, although I still don't think he's really that elite of a quarterback, to see Jalen Hurts break out like that, like he had a coming out party. Mm-hmm. Still not a great arm. I saw that last throw, but like he broke out and he made a name for himself this year. Breakout player of the year. I, for my breakout player of the NFL season, I have Trevor Lawrence. He went from 12 touchdowns, 17 picks last year, and what, a 3 and 14 record to going 9 and 8, winning a playoff game, 25 touchdowns, 8 picks, and a 92, uh, 92 passer rating. Trevor Lawrence looked like we were wondering, are the Jags going to kill him? This guy we were told, a generational talent, we were worried. Now, I wasn't shocked because the minute they brought in Doug Peterson, I thought it would work. But still, a absolute breakout performance, especially winning a playoff game too. For my NFL season breakout, a player of the year, I have Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Should I start this one then? Sure. Like, Like snaking, like a draft. Yeah, exactly. For biggest loser of the year in the NFL, I have Kyler Murray. I mean, we just talked about Arizona now feels like the most hopeless franchise in the NFL. That's largely <laughs> Kyler Murray's doing. 
doing. Kyler wanted the new contract. Kyler had a you know a pity party, stomped his foot, you know, threatened everything under the sun before he got his money, which he finally did. Then he got a study clause on the contract, got mad about that, had them take that out as well, and it looks like he didn't study because <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good year for him. And I don't want to bang on a guy too much because then he gets hurt. But Kyler wasn't playing well before they even got hurt. So Kyler looked like he took major steps back even before the injury and has single-handedly, seems like, ruined a franchise maybe for the next five years to come. Biggest loser of the year goes to Kyler Murray. Mm. And the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you got? Uh, my biggest loser, and I went back and forth. There's no real criteria, I guess, of the rules as long as you're somewhat involved in the NFL. Yeah. So I went Matt Patricia. <laughs> I went back and forth between Patricia and Nathaniel Hackett, and you'll see why in a second. And the reason I went with Patricia is because, well, Nathaniel Hackett has a job. He got hired. Somehow he got hired. So Patricia uh, may have ruined Rack Jones's career, may have ruined his own career in the NFL. That's why he gets it because Nathaniel Hackett got hired. I don't see really Matt Patricia going anywhere. Mm. He could say maybe he burned that bridge with uh, being terrible for the Lions, but this really, this really solidifies it. Mm. Like you, again, it's, it's hard to even say it's his fault. Why are you on that offensive side of the ball? I don't know, but you you did it terribly. It was embarrassing to watch, um, and I think you're the biggest loser because of it, and your NFL I mean, listen, I'm sure Bill will hire you for something. Mm-hmm. But if you want a real high-paying, high-profile uh, job, yeah. uh, you're, that ship has sailed. Sorry, Matt. You're a loser. All right. Snake it around so you got the next one. All right. So for luckiest team, player, person, whatever, entity, I, I picked the Philadelphia Eagles. I figured. So, I mean, we said it all year long. Like, yeah, you're good, but like... The schedule was way too easy. I mean, I, I know you'd like three out of four teams, almost all four of your division made the playoffs, but like the Giants were lifted up way more by Dable. And I I, I said it many times. I didn't think the Cowboys were good. And I'm still going to say it. I don't think I didn't didn't think the Cowboys were good. Uh, you know, and then there was the Commanders mm-hmm. who beat you, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the, the conference was bad. You played a team without a quarterback in the playoffs so you kind of like you hit the every jackpot. everything fell into place where it needed to except for the very end also they got again so very lucky they got the vikings at the perfect time week two right after the big win against the packers they got the tennessee titans just two weeks after the titans had fallen apart physically Tannehill mm-hmm. was gone more than half the defense was ripped to shreds with injury like they got so unbelievably lucky sometimes in even the tough matchups you thought on paper. So it sounds like that's your unluckiest. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It mean lucky, yes. Yeah, I'm not videotaping even mine on this because we have the same ones. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a regular season. I know I've never seen a playoff like that where you <laughs> someone we all thought was a laughing stock in Daniel Jones and the Giants who were just lucky to be there and you got to see him a third time. And then you get a team who was already on a third-string quarterback who then gets hurt, goes to a fourth string, who then gets hurt, and then they just have to start snapping to a running back. Like, I, I, I've I, never seen that before. So, easily the luckiest season probably I've ever seen. And you couldn't finish. And you couldn't finish. It's all right. We've all been but there. They, but, you know, they didn't deserve to be there anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. So, 
Some people might not get this one. I know my dad's not going to get it who listens to the show. But there's the the joke that was going on, I think, before the year or early on in the year. You know, NFL players were saying, what is it? He's him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. Which is basically saying, you know, I'm the best at whatever, blah, 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 blah. So my I'm him award goes to Brian Dable. Because how the hell did he get Daniel Jones, who only threw 15 touchdown passes, into the playoffs is beyond me. I don't know how Dable got the Giants there. Now he, in some ways, you know, made things more difficult for himself and his Uh franchise moving forward because he won so many games. Now Daniel Jones thinks he deserves $40 million. But still, Brian Dable is him. I mean, (laughs) because the ability to get that team and that roster and that quarterback to the playoffs to me is absolutely mind-boggling. What a job by Brian Dable. And to win a playoff game. Yeah. What a playoff game with Daniel Jones. Yeah. An outstanding job. Brian Dable is him. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, you say, like, you know, short term, he might have sabotaged himself by uh, making Daniel Jones a $40 million man, possibly. But, like, he solidifies himself that, like, he's got a job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what happens to the Giants, he has a job. And when you see the way NFL. that Josh Allen has fallen off a bit without him, too. Yeah, like he's he's got a job. He is the quarterback whisperer. But he's not he's not him. Okay, who's him? Trevor Lawrence is him. Ah, I knew it. And I said it I said it throughout the year, especially uh near the end, where um he just came on so strong. He's I understand why he could be the breakout. I just kind of feel like when you had all that hype just coming into even your a year out of your draft year. It's it's hard to call him a breakout because this is kind of like, well, he, he's now reaching that potential. Mm-hmm. But he sure, he really did break out this year. So I get that. But like he was just, it was not that he broke out. It was just him all along. Mm. He just was. And now he's just showing it because Urban Meyer is out of his way. <laughs> That's what it is. So he's him. Okay. He always could do it. Right. And like, what explanation do you need? You saw it in college. I didn't because I didn't watch that crap. Mm-hmm. But you saw it in college. And he was great. Like, that's still not a very good team mm. on paper. It's still not. Your number one receiver is Christian Kirk. Mm. And who's your number two? Zay Jones. Mm. Your your tight end was Evan Engram, who had himself a breakout year. But that was probably Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Who's him? All right. I like it. I like it. Now it's you. Oh, yeah. The snake. The snake. The snake. Uh, what's the last one? Or second to last one. No, third to last. Oh, well, I didn't actually pick a technically last one because I figured there'd be a definitive. Oh, for the Darwin? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll just say it, and I guess you can agree or not agree. Sure, sure. I just figured there'd be a definitive one there. Yeah. But uh, all right, so worst play of the year. The the one worst play. Now, there's an obvious one, (laughs) but it's not it. It's just not because everyone's forgetting that time where the Bills were playing the Vikings. Gonna win. Game was over. I stopped watching. I looked at my phone. And then suddenly on the goal line, Josh Allen fumbled the snap. And Vikings recovered, and that was that. I mean, I understand the Bills were still winning at that point, actually. But, oh, my God, the game was over. And then sudden, like, one of the biggest momentum swings I've ever seen in my life came through. Uh, and so that was the worst play of the year. Nothing else? No other questions? <laughs> I know else. you. I know you want to avoid that. 
I think worst play of the year belongs to Jacoby Myers. Ah! I know it's a good point with the Josh Allen fumbling at the one. That's just a mistake. They happen. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is a mental mistake. The game is tied. We do crazy <laughs> lateral plays when we're losing and we need to get a desperate score. We don't do that when we know we're headed into overtime. And to top it all off, his lateral didn't just, you know, bounce around and a bunch of people fumble all over. No, no, no. It went right to Jones, who then stiff-armed your quarterback mm. into the ground and ran it in for a touchdown for one of the most shocking, one of the most <laughs> stupidest plays I've ever seen in the NFL. Maybe the dumbest. Worst play of the year goes to Jacoby Myers for mm. the lateral when you could have just gone overtime. But Josh Allen dropped ball. <laughs> Uh, I knew you were going to try to avoid it. Josh Allen dropped ball in big moment. All right. For this one, I think we all know what it's going to be. I mean, yep, what? Camera. For most most disappointing season, it's the Denver Broncos. It's got to be the Denver Broncos. Mine's slightly different. We made the big move to go get Russell Wilson. We got Stafford moved to a new team, won a championship. Tom Brady, the year before, went to a new team, picked his team, won a championship. So we were expecting immediate success. Nathaniel Hackett comes in. You guys, you've inherited a sensational defense and Russell Wilson, and you fall flat on your face. You're probably one of the worst watches in the NFL because your because de- uh, your offense is absolutely atrocious. Your defense is so good that I think what was it? All your team had to do was like average 19 or 20 points a game, and you would have yeah. been oh, you would have had a winning record, but you yeah. couldn't even do that with your offensive coach Nathaniel Hackett. <clears throat> And your new quarterback, Russell Wilson, you finish in last place. You're stuck with an albatross of a contract in Russell Wilson. But this is about the season that just happened, not the future. And that was the most disappointing season in the NFL, I think, far and away. Mm. All right. I'm going to be a little more specific. Okay. So I understand why it could be the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. You know, there was – we all hailed them as – Division winners, favorites, super, certainly Super Bowl contenders. However, the years leading up to this, they were still kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it was your brother Dan who said, let's not jump the gun it here and ha- ha- really crown them anything yet. Mm-hmm. And he was actually correct. Mm-hmm. So I think the bigger disappointing season actually lies with Russell Wilson himself. Okay. We, there was, I guess, reasons, you know, I didn't really look at them, but there was reasons to say, like, maybe Denver won't be that good. Nathaniel Hackett has not proven to be anything before they hired him as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Even if he was the OC for Green Bay, he wasn't calling plays. Denver sucked for years, despite being a good team. Always that possibility, especially when we found out that their front office is as dysfunctional as it is. And Russell Wilson, who, I mean, other than, I guess, the injury the year before, has shown no signs of slowing down. Uh, and coming into a new franchise that he again he picked, mm-hmm. um, uh, a franchise with good players, stuff like that. I feel like Denver again had at least high expectations, but there was reasons maybe they could be fall short of them. Russell Wilson, we we crowned as like the savior, and he was crap, mm. absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Some of that can be blamed on Nathaniel Hackett and all that stuff. But, you know, maybe that injury did take his toll last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is getting older and falling apart sooner than we thought. 
And, um, you know, the defense for that Broncos was still great. Mm. So hard to be disappointed in that. I understand just being disappointed in the final product, but the defense did its job. So it's hard to say the Broncos themselves were totally disappointing. But Russell Wilson totally and completely disappointed me through and through. Mm. Yeah, I like that. All right. Now, to finish it off, our Darwin of the 2022 to 2023 NFL season. Drum roll, please. This year's Darwin of the NFL season is the New England Patriots. And I'll tell you why. Because you took your second-year quarterback in Mac Jones and you said, I'm going to give him a defensive coach to coach offense. I'm going to give him two wildly, fantastically failed head coaches in Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to coach him. And I think it's going to work out just fine. Why did you think that was going to work out just fine? That was trying to take a square peg and smash it into a triangular hole. That was the the toddler who doesn't know shapes. (laughs) That's what that was. And I'm not saying they had the worst season. Bill is still really smart. But Darwin is about boneheaded decisions, things that make no sense. Making Matt Patricia your OC and Joe Judge the other one for your second-year quarterback, I think, is a Darwin Award worthy of a year. When everyone in the media knew it was going to be a disaster and every Pats fan pretty much kind of felt like it was going to be a disaster, it ended up being just as bad as I think we thought it would be. Again, why did you try and take the square peg and smash it into a triangular hole like a toddler? Darwin Award to me goes to the New England Patriots for making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. I can see by the look on your face you don't like it. <laughs> Congratulations. I played myself. Why? I was just saying, eh, I don't like I just feel to be a definitive one. I didn't I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Not at all. Do you get it though? Sure. I mean, who would you have for your Darwin? Uh, you mentioned Colts. I did almost, but also I thought, before. hey, maybe he was big brain in hiring Saturday. Because maybe he wanted to tank at that point and wants maybe. to draft a quarterback. I mean, he's talking so much about Bryce Young right now, and he said that he's done trying to get, you know, like like veteran guys. So I do wonder if maybe he brought in Saturday because he wanted to tank. I just didn't see that coming at all. I know you. I didn't, didn't even consider the Patriots. I know you didn't. The thing I didn't even think the Colts were. That great one of one anyway. Mm-hmm. Even with, actually with with those points you just made, I think even better now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I didn't think of the Patriots. <laughs> Why would I think of the Patriots? They make all the right choices. They do all the smart things. Well, that was not smart. <laughs> didn't even consider them. And yet I picked my Patricia as the loser. Yeah, I know. Ah, uh, so I, so you don't really disagree. You were just shocked. Yeah, and I played myself. I could have like countered this with like, wait. Here's a here's my trap card and no, there is none because you thought that it would be a smart idea to make a failed head coach and a defensive coach the coach of your offense with your second year quarterback. Uh, Tyree Kill go to Miami. I mean, you, he, he, you could have had another ring. I mean, yeah, but individually he did have a good season. Uh, yeah, actually he had the best season in Miami Dolphins receiver history. <laughs> so it's hard to say he's a complete loser. Because I do think Tyreek is a guy who cares about Tyreek. I don't know if he cares that much, as much about winning and all the other stuff. Zach Wilson. He's definitely up there. <laughs> He's definitely up there. I got that one. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. That has been it for Slow Your Roll this week, guys. 
March Madness is coming up. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to the WBC in a couple of more weeks. Have a great, great, ah, have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.